Welcome to the Scala Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Westra is Bester with me, Lee G. Joining me as always is Big M. How are we, Mart? Mate, I'm good. How are you? Yeah. So we're already have we just spent the last five minutes trying to actually find a decent Wi-Fi signal where we can talk to each other and not patch out. And we haven't found one yet. So today's gonna be um today's gonna be interesting. And you might find that I do a lot of talking until Martin comes back on signal and vice versa. So um yeah, gonna be, gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun, it's gonna be different, is what it is. So uh yeah, let's 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 start with the Scarlet stuff first of all. So I know no main team and and things like that. But let's do the Scarlet's bit and the local bit and then then we'll do Wales after and uh and we'll go from there. So yeah. So first off, um the girls were playing um last Sunday at the Knoll um against RGC. Um, they drew five all, but quite an entertaining game by all accounts from the reports I've seen. What what have you heard from the game, Matt? Yeah, not too much different from you. It was a good game, a, a bit of a slog between the two sides, you know, being so low scoring. But, you know, I think both teams have been disheartened not to come away with a win. You know, more often than not, a draw feels worse than a loss. Mm. But, uh, you know, they're, they're under 18s, they, they, they're all very young in their career. And, you know, it's just another game, it's another step forward. So carry on for both teams. Yeah, and it's encouraging just to to, to see girls. To, if you go back kind of, you know, even, you know, five, six years ago, not that long ago, you know, we didn't even have a, a Scarlet Sunday teens girls team. You know, it was, uh, you know, some girls playing at, at local level and there were a few women's teams around, but there wasn't that, that age grade stepping stone. So the fact that, those girls are there, there's something to aim for and clubs are definitely seeing more girls turning up because of it um, and that can only be a good thing, can't it? You know, the, the more we get involved with or the more girls that get involved with rugby, the, the better the game will be in the long run, in my opinion. Anyway, but... so on, on the girls game now, we're hoping to speak to, who are we hoping to speak to, mate, with the girls teams? Uh, um... Morgan, he's the head coach of the under-18s. We've, we've got a provisional interview date in, so fingers crossed we can get that out to everyone within the next week or so. Cool. That'll be good. Just kind of getting to know... We, well, we said last week, didn't we, about getting to know the, the girls' teams better, you know, getting giving them a bit more publicity and what have you. So, yeah, the more we can do to support that, the better. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, finding out how, how their system works, how their pathway works, because obviously it's pretty well detailed how the boys' side of the game works. You know, you, you have your under-15 schools and you go and start your academy trials, your college, but the girls' side is, there's, there's just next to nothing out there. So it'd be interesting to find out, you know, what girls should be looking at at what level if they want to, you know, really take it seriously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Fair play to them. So, then we move on to the boys. And, oh, I've got a story to tell you on this one. So, <laughs> aside from the whole playing at one o'clock on a Sunday at a school in Neath, I know it was a rearranged game, 
but uh, what Port Talbot it was. Yeah, I know it was a rearranged game and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, just sod's law. So I'll come back to the game in a minute. After the game, right? So the boy was, um, so the boy comes home for the weekend. He drove his car up to, to the game. We followed him up, was saying goodbye after, about to drive off, noticed he had a flat tire, right? So then opened the boot, lovely jubbly, and everybody else is buggering off now. Yeah, because it's game over. So the car park's empty. So looked in a back tire uh, in the spare wheel, and he's not got a spare wheel. He's got one of those inflation kit things, which if anybody's got oh, one, nice. yeah, if anybody's got one of them, go buy yourself a spare tire because they're crap. Absolutely. And it took me. 20 odd minutes half an hour of trying to get that stupid thing to work no joy at all so then we had to phone car rescue so in the meantime the boy's taking somebody else back to harpery so <laughs> the other guy he's called his parents they've come back picked them two up so my boy's on his way to harpery and i said it's okay don't worry i'll rescue the car back home and i'll come see you i'll bring it to the game on wednesday so then it was going to take um, two hours for the rescue uh, thing to get there. Then they turned up in 20 minutes, which was good. And then they said they weren't going to rescue the car. They'd take it to a car uh, repair place and I could pick it up from there. It's five o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. So we had a quiet chat <laughs> in, in, in my really calm and controlled way. Uh, yeah. So long and short of the story, um, we didn't get home until about seven, eight o'clock on Sunday, and we came home without his car, and his car turned up on Monday after they'd lost it. I just, ah, oh, you know, the, the rugby on Sunday then became incidental. You know, it was just a place where all the rubbish stuff happened. But anyway, <laughs> back, I was so annoyed. By the end of... of, of Last Sunday, I was so wound up. I was so annoyed. But it was it was quite a good game. The shame was, with that game on Sunday, was the pitch was really, really narrow. It was it was a 4G pitch. Um, uh, uh, like I say, new new school, newly built school, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was just a really narrow pitch. And first half, you know, we, we were pretty much in control of the first half. We were doing well. We finished the first half 10-5 up, I think it was. Um, and the second half, they just went, right, we're going to keep it in the forwards. And they, they upped the intensity. You know, Ospreys upped the intensity. And, and the more we tried to play rugby, the more kind of we threw interceptions when we should have scored. We were giving away silly penalties. We we just kind of got rattled in that second half and they ran away with it. They, they didn't play an expansive game. They didn't play anything creative. They just went forwards, forwards, forwards. Um, and then a couple of intercept tries. So, you know, it, it's one of those games that's frustrating. If we'd have played that game on the park, you know, Parker Scarlets, um, we would have just run around the outside of them constantly because they, they were defending really, really narrowly, and even space around the outside all the time, but so that's the it, it sounds pretty similar to the first game against Cardiff, where they just tucked the jump, tucked the ball up a jumper in the first half, and we didn't seem to have an answer for it. 
Yeah, well, the Cardiff game was more to do with the wind and kicking, and and just they controlled it more. Uh, but same thing, we tried to play an expansive game, and on Sunday, uh, say yeah, we probably, you know, in terms of skill set, we were probably on top. But what they did was they just kept it narrow. They they played a really narrow game and just went batter, batter, batter. And I don't think we reacted to that quick enough. Um, so we, we lost Tian Sparrow. Um, and so he's the open side that I, I keep going on about. So we lost him uh, about halfway through the first half. And, and he's quite an influential player. He, he's guarantee him as a uh, a player for the future. Um, so, yeah, we did struggle. But, you know, there were still a lot of positives. Um, our inside centre, I've forgotten his name, but um, I think he's playing again tonight. So, uh, who was that now? Gabriel McDonald. So, I haven't seen him before. Or I might have seen him, I might have missed him, I don't know. But, um, yeah, Gabriel McDonald, he had a cracking game at inside centre. Really um, strong runner, strong tackle. Um, and and just kept the backs that back line moving a lot better than than what we've had in the past. So yeah, he was a a, a really good uh, introduction to the team, um, and it was good to see Will Plessis back on the pitches again. So Will's been away for a while, so he came on. Is it Plessis or is it Plessis? Plessis, 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 Plessis. I just call him Will. Blonde Will, easier. yeah, Blonde Will. Um, is, it, is it is it Big Will or? I just call him Blonde Will because uh, when he when he joined, his hair was absolutely insane. It was he had this big shock of blonde hair, like you know. So yeah, there was some really um, decent performances, some some players to watch, um, and yeah. So fingers crossed we can take what we learned from Sunday into tonight's match because um, tonight there is another game. So let's have a... Where are we? Right. So, yeah, so tonight we're playing um, at the Dragons, Astrid Manor. Yeah. We're, so similar sort of a, a team. There are a couple of changes, I think, just because... Oh, yeah. Two changes from what I saw. So three games inside eight days is a bit of a, a bit of a hefty one. But from a you know from a Pembrokeshire point of view, um, Jack Delaney at number eight is captain. So that's that's his first uh, first go at captain, which is a, a, a great thing. Um, yeah, Will is back in at seven. Uh, let's see, and then. The 13, 14, 15. So we've got James Price, Yolo, and Fraser Jones. So all three of them played for Narbuth together. They played their centres outside half and, and what have you at Narbuth. So yeah. that's our kind of Pembrokeshire content there. So what's the opinion on uh, Fraser coming in at fullback? Because we seem to have gone through, uh, you know, quite a few fullbacks already for the under 18s. Uh, Harry Fuller, Stefan Evans, Samuel Potter, and now, you know, Fraser slotting in. Yeah, I think it's one of those positions, like Fraser's a, a, a 10 and an inside centre, but he's played at fullback. I think everybody's pretty much played at fullback at some point in their career. And what Fraser's got is a boot and half. You know, he's he's solid in defence. 
Um, and from a kicking option, having him on the pitch for a kicking option is absolutely bang on. And when he runs at people, you know, he's, he's a strong, stocky player. So, um, yeah, I guess we find out tonight. You know, um, I don't I don't think we've got someone at full back that kind of definitely puts their hands up and says, this is this is my position. You know, um, we're I think we do in kind of other either places around the pitch, but that's a good thing. You know, having I think having players who can move around and adapt, um, you know, particularly at this age group, where you know if you, you take Yolo, Yolo actually started in the back row. <laughs> that's that's where I put him in his first couple of games, um, but he's played. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 10 was a nightmare. I'm not we, we filled in a 10 and an emergency. And it was it was it was an experience for him. But you know, same with, with Fraser. Fraser's played I think Fraser's played everywhere apart from Wing. You know, uh James Price, who's playing 13, he's played 12, 13, 15. In fact, he start no, he started at ten, so he's played ten, twelve, thirteen, fifteen. So you know, there's a lot of experiences, a lot of um, ball playing experience that I think can be a good thing. But I think you're right. We we need to find a fullback and settle on a fullback is what we need to do. So yeah, they're under 18s now, and you know, maybe only a handful of these boys, four or five, will make it professionally. But at the same time, if you want that opportunity, you need to start getting that your specialist position down now. But chances are, if you go forward as a utility, you, these people are going to specialise and you're not going to get selected over them. I think that's the, the thing. There's a, a balance in line between being skilled in different positions and being uh, a one-trick pony, if you like. So, yeah, it's. I, th- I think the thing with under-18s now, though, is... They're still developing the skill set, you know, and and yeah, being given the opportunity to play in different positions. Like you say, it, it may be that Fraser plays fifteen tonight; it, it works well for him, and and he goes right, okay, this is where I'm gonna, that's where I'm gonna stick to, you know, and and I can fill in at twelve or ten if need be. But yeah, I guess we'll see tonight. I guess we'll see how that that works out. But um, yeah, we'd say there are a a few changes in there. Um, last time we 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 took the dragons apart up front, but I think there's six differences in our pack compared to last time we played the dragons. So it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Interesting on that. So um, I will be posting from the game this evening because I have to go and take Yolo's car to him. <sighs> Which and then and then I got to try and get back. Stick the misses in his car and just tow it or something, you know. One or just both drive. It's up to you. Uh, it's it's a nightmare because he's got to come down on the train. So he's coming down on the train. The train gets into Astrid Manor at quarter past five. And if I wanted to get a train back home to Pembroke, the last train that leaves Pembroke, and it would get into Pembroke at half past ten, and the last train leaves at ten to five. From Astrid Manor, <laughs> you're like seriously. This this is how we run the transport system now. Just bloody ridiculous. I could I could cycle it quicker, 
honestly. But yeah, so he's it'll be there this evening, I'll be there this evening, and I will post a couple of updates like I did on on Sunday. So I need to make uh, it a well, I think what we need to make everyone aware of is if you see this, you know, disgruntled old man walking home towards Pembroke from Astrid Manach at some point tonight. <laughs> You know, his name's Lee. If you're kind enough to give him a lift, you know, we will be thankful. Um, but, uh, you know, if you want to avoid him, he can look a bit scary at times. I'm, I'm fine with all of that. It's just old. There's an old man. <laughs> You've got a boy in the end of 18s, for Christ's sake. You're an old man. That's not old, man. That's just kind of like I'm I'm in the peak of life. <laughs> They've got a daughter in year nine. I feel bloody old. Oh, yeah, it does make you feel old every now and again. It does. But, um, yeah, so anyway, so I, I need to make an apology because when I post stuff on social media, it automatically posts to Instagram. Now, because a couple of years ago, we linked our Instagram and our um, uh, Facebook pages together. But I don't do a lot of stuff on Instagram. So... People are asking me for score updates on Instagram, but I'm putting the score updates on the post on Facebook. So um, it's not going to be any different tonight. I'll update the scores. So I'll, I'll put the, you know, the main post out with, you know, the boys are ready to go or whatever, or I might put a photo of a, a kickoff or something. And then I'll comment under that with the scores. Um, but it won't show up on Instagram. So, um, yeah, sorry about that. I'm trying to watch the game. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I nearly missed one of the uh, one of the Ospreys tries. They scored a couple of tries in quick succession, and I was still posting the bloody score from the, the first one, and they nearly scored again. But yeah, so anyway, haven't you developed a skill to to type while not looking yet? Oh, I mean, that's, that's a kid's thing. That is, mate. That's a kid's thing. But so anyway, yeah. Um, we also have. Under 16 season kicking off as well um, this evening. A restart so, in, we should say. Uh, yes, yeah. Did yeah they kind of played a few preseason friendlies, didn't they? Did East and West? I yeah, think they, I think yeah. I think they were trial games. I, I don't know if they. I'll try and find out if they're actually anything to do with the, you know, with the rag competition. I I know now it's into the proper competition. Um, so we've got Scarlet's East and Scarlet's West playing tonight. So Scarlet's East are at uh, the park. They're on the training pitch from 7.15. They're playing Dragons Black. And Scarlet's West are at Cardiff Arms Park um, from 7.15. And they're playing uh, Cardiff South. So playing on, on Cardiff Arms Park. It's quite a nice... Uh, a nice start. Um, as we discussed before, you know, being able to play on these big pitches is a great experience. So, um, I've... Oh, God. Hang on now. So, I've got... Um, I, what I did was I put it out and I said, right, tag in who's who's your local players. Yeah? So, um, I, I'm going to leave Duffy to last and there's a reason for that. So, from Haverford West, we've got... Um, Devin Williams, Rio Phillips, Logan Young, and Kieran Harris. Uh, Harris, sorry. So that's four from from Harford West. Uh, Pembroke, we've got Zach Shaw, Bowen Clark, Owen Rickard, and Kiana Williams. So I know a couple of those boys. They're good quality players. They are. 
Um, St. Clair's, we've got Jack Vaughan, Scott Blackhouse, and Oshin Reese, which is cracking. And then from Tembe, we've got Ewan Duffy. Now, so Ewan Duffy's playing um, hooker. And if he's anything like his dad, then, oh, no. oh my God, the, 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 the referee's just going to be going, son, quiet. Fella, fella, shut it. Oi, you, be quiet. You, too, be quiet. Because that's the way I, I played with and against his dad. And his dad, uh, Neil, is is a he's a lovely player. He's a great player. Um, I, but he, he can he can talk twice as well as he can play. So uh, yeah, well done, Duffy. Uh, yeah, your, your boy's doing well, mate. He's doing a damn sight better than you did. <laughs> so yes, uh, lots of players on. Um, uh, out for us this evening and something to look forward to. So all the best to East and West um, in the games this evening. Right. Yeah, so have the girls got their final fixture on Sunday as well? Um, I th- I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, they are in Astrid Manach against Cardiff as far as I know. Yeah, so I think that's the last game, isn't it? Because the first one was at um, Cardiff Arms Park, and then it was RGC, then it was Clan Dubry, Noll for last week. So, yeah, this must be the the last one in Astrid Manor. So, uh, yeah, we will post teams for the girls' side on Sunday as and when we have them. Um, and if anyone is going up to watch and fancies taking us a few photos or anything like that, then please do. We'd be delighted to to have them on the page. Um, oh, and score updates as well. So, is that it for Scarlet's news? Yeah, that's more or less it. There's there's a few fixtures in the uh, the under 15s, but it, it's not Pembrokeshire involved. Um, we've got MMAD playing Ronda at home. Uh, who else? Who else have we got? I have got you somewhere. <laughs> I can never get on to it. I think Pembrokeshire yeah, we... are playing Aberavon next week, aren't they? Next week, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that you know, MMA deer in the actual Dewey Shield, so you know, good, yeah. good on those boys keeping that in the in the top end. You know, in the plate we got um Camarthen a travel interface RGC East. You know, Camarthen haven't conceded a single point in the two games so far in this section, so you know they're looking pretty good. And then into the bottom competition, Keradigion are travelling to Isline. And, you know, they, they, they lost their opening game to Cardiff A. So hopefully they can uh, kick back up and carry on going. Cool. Okay. So there's still plenty of rugby being played and going on. Uh, plenty enough to go out and watch. So what have we got from the local... Because so, it's all about rearranged games and early kickoffs because of the internet. So you're not allowed to play a... Um, a local game while the national side is is playing, basically, um, is the rule. Um, but there's lots of early kickoffs on this Saturday where games are rearranged from a couple of weeks ago when it was um, bad weather and stuff like that. So, what have you what have you seen so far? What have you what have you observed? Yes, well, I've clocked that we've got five games going on this week. Mm. Uh, we've got in the championship, we got Narbeth travelling to Pontypool. You know that's that's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. One way of putting it, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Pontypool have lost a game yet this season. So, you know, as much as I'd love Narbeth to come away with a win, it, it's it's not looking likely to happen. Hmm. Uh, we drop into Division 1 West. We've got Lo- Lowly Pembroke at home <laughs> to Bellingwall. Hmm. And uh, it's, it's just same old story with Pembroke. And they can't buy a win. Yeah, so, and it's going to be a tough game again. Um Whichever way around, it, it, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. And then an- another really difficult game. We got Whitland at home to Gowerton, and you know, we've been saying where's Whitland. We, we're maybe hoping the win over Pembroke kickstarts something, but you no, know, it's it, it doesn't seem very likely at the minute. Yeah, it's. I think when you're at that end of the table at this part of the season, just every game is. A slog. I mean, I've seen the boys training, and there's there's attitude and enthusiasm from the boys when they're training. But it's taking that onto the park in it and doing something with it. Okay, so that's that's all the local stuff done. And if anybody's got any more kind of local games that pop up, rearranged, what have you, by all means, do pop them on our Facebook page, and we'll promote them for you. Not a problem at all. So. Let's um let's have a look at uh, the Wales game on Saturday. How how was the Wales game on Saturday for you, Mick? Oh wow! I mean, I really wanted to turn the TV off. I really <laughs> did, but I I knew I was going to have to talk about it at some point, so I kind of had to you know grin and bear my teeth, like force yourself through I, it. Uh, I mean, okay, se- second half defensively, you know, we did improve. But it was it was just poor from all accounts from the start, mm. and you know we we knew Ireland were going to come out fast. It, it's what they done all of last year. They come out of the block so fast, and we just didn't have anything to counteract that. I mean, everyone's been talking in the week in in the week and the month building up, or oh, the Gatland effect, the blah blah blah. But I. I don't think we would have had a, a worse performance under Pivak, if I'm totally honest. It seems as though we've spent a lot of money you know, replacing coaches. And I know it's only the first game, but you expect some sort of backlash. You expect something. And we yeah. just didn't see any result whatsoever. Yeah. And I, I was hoping for a bit more. Um, I think it, it's, it's weird. I think Gatlin kind of shot himself in the foot where he came out and said that, you know, there were some players there that should have been retired a couple of years ago, and you know, we should be having youth coming through. And then he goes and selects Alan Wynne Jones. And with the best will in the world, Alan Wynne Jones's best is 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 a couple of years in his in, in behind about five him. years ago now, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, by all means, bring him in as a, a line out advisor a line out coach a scrum coach or something but you know not as a you know you can't have somebody like that on the pitch and and expect him to to play along the kind of same way that that like Will Rowlands Will Rowlands is a player that we're missing if Will Rowlands had been available then Alan Will Jones wouldn't have been on the pitch but you know I think it's um yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna slag somebody off for not doing something, then the very least you have to do is not do what you're slagging that person off for. Do you know what I mean? 
I mean, I honestly thought that. I mean, I I know this as Six Nations was going to be a, a, a bit of a wash. You know, it, it, if we somehow managed to get a Grand Slam again, that would have been unreal. But it was never real a possibility. I thought that he was going to select a fifteen that he wanted to see at the World Cup and give them these five games to gel and try and perform together. Mm. But he he just selected old Eds again, and I I just can't see the the logic in it. I mean. It's, it's the biggest problem that we've got. I mean, we've got several, not just in their 30s, in their mid-30s. Mm. You know, it's, you know, the, like, the, I, I know how great, like, Alan jones you know, Tipwreck, even, even Ken Owens, the Sheriff, I know how great they can play. But the fact is, they're all mid-30s. They shouldn't be anywhere near the squad. Mm. Well, I, I think you've got to take each one on their merits. You know, I think... Ken's been playing quite well, but um, I say you get to 45 50 minutes, and I think at URC level, Ken is probably 75 80 minute player at URC at international level. He's you know 50 55 at best, whereas Alan Jones is probably 30 35 minutes, you know. And, and I think that's that's the difference is at that level, you, you cannot have a player on the pitch that. That isn't there for eighty minutes, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like I, I've got no issue with them being in the train in training because obviously they have got a lot of experience on that side of it. But the fact is, you need those energy levels for the full eighty, like you said. Even if they're only playing 50, 55 minutes, yeah. you need those sort of performances. And we, we always talk about, you know, the the speed of the rucks and how fast the game is going from even from the Welsh Prem to the URC to European rugby to international rugby. And it's just too much of a step up. I, I don't think we've, we've got that good enough competition to, to bridge the gap. It is just a massive jump. Mm. Well, I, I, I read a, um, a report on Sunday that spoke about the Gatland gap where you know when Gatland was there first of all we basically when we were going into that his last world cup we had a squad of 35 players for the previous two seasons and that squad barely changed so we didn't bring anybody new and and it was all about those higher players and it's players like Alan Jones Tipperick Faletau um you know Ken bigger you know, players who are big name players, but we never started to blood players below them. So now we're in a position where we've got young players coming through. So for all the criticism of Pivak, that is part of that was his downfall was blooding too many young players. You know, trying to bring too many young players through uh, um, and having inexperienced teams out. So you've either got them at the bottom end or you've got them at the very top end and you've got very few players in the middle who are peak of career. You might look at um, Alan, um, Adam Beard, maybe, I'd say is is in the right kind of frame. Thomas Williams, maybe. Um, you know, George North, but I still don't rate George North as a centre. I think if he's going to be anywhere, he's on the wing. Um, and Josh Adams, you know, so you, yeah, hundred percent uh, agree with you on North. You know, I I think ninety percent of the population agrees that North is not a centre. 
Yeah. I mean, emergency, you know, last 10, 15 minutes if someone has to go off fair enough. The same as jo- Josh Adams when he's tried him. You know, these boys are wingers. Um, yeah. So you, you just, it, it's okay to try them. Maybe, I know we, Gatland and Pivak probably look to New Zealand and look to someone like Rico Ioani, who started as a winger and they pushed him in centre really, really early. Yeah, you you can't you can't make that switch, you know, after someone's twenty five, twenty six. It's just too much to learn. Hmm. Uh, particularly at that level, because you see, you're working on very, very fine margins, and one little mistake and bang, that's that's a try, isn't it? Particularly against somebody like Ireland. But yeah, so what what do you think will change for for this weekend? Then where do you think the changes will come? None. I don't None. think there's going to be any changes. I think he's going to say, look, you messed up last week. Redeem yourself. Mm. I, that, that's been the, the Gatland moniker is, is, you know, his mode of operation throughout the majority of his Wales, you know, tenure. If they had, if they messed up on one game badly, he'd give them a chance to put things right. And I think it's going to be exactly the same. Yeah. I think it's, I know what you mean. And I agree. Um, I just don't think it's the right way to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> think, Not at all. So who would you like to see? Um, what changes would you like to see? I'd... Well, in a dream world, I'd like Rhys Ahmed to be fit again, to come back into the back three, but you know we know he's not. I want to see Kieran Williams and Nick Tompkins together in the centre. Mm. I really do. I, I think they could complement each other massively, but it's just not going to happen. And back row, I think I'd like to see Falatau drop to the bench and try Wainwright at eight, just so we can try and get another option there and have Morgan and Revel on the flanks because, you know, Tipperick really underperformed last week. I mean, he, he weren't even creating any problems in the ruck. And, you know, that's his main job as a seven. I mean, Revel came on and there was there was a massive difference. I mean, I, I don't know how many balls he pinched, but their ruck speed slowed down massively with Revel on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, and I I agree with that. Um, so I I, I think um, oh what's his name? Prop Thomas. Um, one of our props is out with a um a, a calf strain or or something. So with Dylan Lewis oh. to come in, I think I think that's what's what's been said. What um, was it? Thomas Francis, I think it was. Oh. Yeah. But Lee, I think... Leon Brown's not hundred percent fit. So uh, you know, we... Yeah. I, I know Dylan Lewis actually played pretty well when he came on, but I think he's only had one game in the last month besides last week. Yeah. So I, I that's that's another problem with picking players who are not on form or barely playing. Yeah. Well tight head and fullback, we've got three players in the squad, all three of them are injured in one way or another. You know, and and you're just like, it just makes no, and and this is where we talk about the Gatlin gap. You know, we we spoke earlier in the season where Scarlett's lost Josh Hathaway to um, Gloucester, and he turned out for um, England under twenties on the weekend and had a hat trick. You know, so we we when we talk about where's that gap in players, you know, that's where that gap in players is is where we've got to have a consistent kind of development of players and players know that they're going to get an opportunity. 
not Liam Williams is going to get given another chance and then Halfpenny is going to get given another chance to pull out the day before. And Do you know what I mean? We Those players need to be given an opportunity when they're playing well, you're on fire, there's a Welsh cap, you know, unless let's throw them in. Even though England lost to Scotland on the weekend, that that's what Borthwick has done there. He's looked at players who's on form in the English Premiership and he's picked them. Yeah, the result didn't go their way, but, you know, it, it's a start of a new era for him. And it, it is the way to go. You've got to pick players who are playing to start and playing well. I mean, yeah. the fact that Blacker and Costello are not in this squad, it, it baffles me massively. Mm-hmm. And, and you need a player like Dane Blacker with a, the just blasting pace to create damage, you know. But there we go. That's that's what he's picked. So, um, yeah, for me, I'd, I'd put David Jenkins in at second row instead of Alan Wynne Jones. I'd move um, Morgan from six to seven. I'd drop Tipperick. I'd move Morgan over to seven. And I'd bring Shunzer in just to give it a bit more bulk. You know, Shunzer can play seven anyway, but he would give us that kind of bulk that I think we're missing now. I, I don't think we've got that big bulk of carry. Yeah. Going into the front five, I, I want to see David Jenkins play. I want to see Reese Davis playing as well. Mm. I, I probably start with both of them. I, I know you'd say it's inexperienced at international level, but we've got nothing to lose. I mean, we're, mm. based on the performances of the weekend, we are clear wooden spoon contenders. So what, what's the worst that can happen? We finish seventh, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game this weekend. Interesting. Because Scotland have a habit of playing really, really well and then stuffing it up and then just kind of, do you know what I mean? They, they they don't have a habit of putting in consistent performances. Yeah, so. it, it, it's something I talked to my mate about. Um, he, he's half Scottish and it, it's always been the same. He's like, yes, yeah, smashed England, awesome. But we're going to lose less week, aren't we? Yeah. But, and it was just like, you, you can't really say anything against it. It doesn't matter how poor we perform, you know, especially when Scotland beat England, because that's the World Cup final. doesn't matter if they ever make a World Cup final. If it's not against England, they couldn't care less. Yeah. And it yeah. just emotionally, it drains them. And I, I think it just takes too much out of them. So I guess it'll be interesting for Scotland to see how far they've come then, wouldn't it? You know, this game against us is really important because they're, they're clear favourites now, you know, and they're kind of having to, they're in a position that they haven't been for a long time. You know, you remember a couple of seasons ago where the, the talk was of, you know, sacking Townsend and bringing in a new Scottish setup and this, that and the other. And to be fair to him, you know, he's stuck with what he's got. He's worked with the players and, and they're starting to develop a side that can compete at that top level. So, you know, I think the pressure is all on Scotland to deliver. Um, and it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, whether it, it's whether last week's performance was we can get ourselves up for an England game and we'll always play well against England or whether they can maintain that week on week and, and see how it goes. I think a big thing this time around is the fact that they're playing us at Murrayfield. They're not coming down to Cardiff. You know, they've they done the job on England in HQ. Yeah. So uh, the home crowd, that sort of 
advantage that the extra adrenaline it pumps into you, it wasn't there. And that's what they're going to get this week against us. So, I mean, that could be a deciding factor. But obviously, we, we'll, we'll have to wait to find out. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be an interesting one. Okay, so final predictions. Then. What's your prediction for the Wales game on uh, on Saturday? Uh, as much as I would love to see us pick the same team and take a thump in again, I think it's going to be... Uh, I think we're somehow going to sneak it. I think it's going to be something like 24-22. I, I I agree. I think we're gonna somehow just stop them from playing. They're gonna have like three yellow cards and drop the ball over the line six times and all of that kind of stuff. And they're just gonna rattle themselves and and we'll just keep slotting penalties and we'll end up something like you know eighteen fifteen or twenty one eighteen. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a classic. Um, I just I just think it's gonna be one of those games where. You, we wake up at 79 minutes and go, well, look, we're in the lead. But welcome to the Gatland era. <laughs> so, there we go, mate. Right, I will post stuff from... On the 20s? Fuck, I've done it again, haven't I? I've done it again. Anyway, so let's uh, let's wrap up with the under-20s. So, um, what did you think of them last week and what are you expecting from them this week? I really enjoyed the game on Friday night. I, I thought it was a, a great game. And I've seen some of the, you know, the post-match reviews or Island, blah, 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 rolled, rolled us over or whatever. I thought that game was a massive opportunity missed for our boys. Mm. They could have easily won that game if a few, deci- not a few decisions, if just a couple of things went their way. We were brilliant. And... I'm really hoping that we, we kick on and go forward because, you know, Ireland are the, the pace set as at all levels at the minute. Mm. And we really should have done them. I was I was really gutted that we did. I mean, the decision at the end, like the last minute of the game to uh, kick the ball away from the restart when we could have, you know, kept possession, gone for a try and got the two bonus points. I mean, that decision baffled me a little bit, but at the same time, these guys are under 20s. It, yeah, it's not... It's, it's, it's nothing major. Um, from a Scarlet's point of view, I was really impressed with Archie Hughes and Luca Giannini. Yeah. I thought they, they were, Luca was a, was a bloody nuisance everywhere. And Archie, he, he just does what he does well. I mean, I think he was... In, he, he set Not set up, he was the final pass for two of our tries and he he was just everywhere and then you know having Harry Williams to come on I mean that boy's pass is is phenomenal it's like a bloody dollar yeah he's just everywhere I mean when when we go on then to look at the forwards which is you know the the front five forwards which is uh, generally our downfall I mean we didn't get as many players in there as I I was hoping Hmm. But um, I think Thomas Pritchard, the tight dead, he had, he had a bit of a torrid time. You know, he, he really he got put to the sword. And, you know, I, I'm not expecting him to come back this week just because, you know, it, it was a tune-in. And I think, you know, when, when you take those uh, 
sort of beatings as a front row in that sort of in the age range in that sort of structure you need to take the time off to go back over all your basics to really talk it through and to see what's gone wrong because uh, as much as everyone you know thinks a scrum is boring or they don't understand it no one understands a scrum mate nobody understands it <laughs> every proper knocker understands a scrum no they one else got a clue <laughs> It's the only thing we've got a clue about. I'm telling you that much. Front but row no, still it's... need a, a five foot ten referee to tell them how to start a scrum. Crouch, bind, engage. Right now you can start your scrum, boys. I mean, come on, nobody else on the pitch needs a referee to tell them how to do their job. <laughs> yeah, because we need to set up before the ball's allowed to come in. <laughs> I mean, line out, the hooker just throws it. You know, you guys, you just wait in. Oh, can the ball come in play, please? <laughs> You know, it's it's incredibly technical. It's it's not all muscle and all strength. You know, being a prop, it, it's it's not all about strength. It's not just pushing. It's incredibly technical. If you break it down, and you know, at under twenties, at an international level, you need that time to understand what went wrong and how to improve, because you don't have that senior player who's more experienced above you to talk you through where you've only got your coaches which makes it a bit harder if, if I'm all in all honesty, because I, I've always preferred, you know, coming on for a player and then being able to explain what's happening, what I need to do. Yeah. And I know I've said this before, but when you come into a, the under 20 level, you don't have no one to do that for you. You've got to work it out on your own, which makes it 10 times harder. So when you take a pace, then you need to take a step back and really reveal everything. See, there'll be some people listening to this with having, and they'll be having like sympathy for props and going, oh, bless, they have such a torrid time. And then there'll be those of us that have played the game that'll go, shut up and get on with it, man. (laughs) You don't understand. All you want is a ball and to run. That's that's all you have to do. I mean, you're not even involved in the tackling half the bloody time. Hey, I was back row. I, I, yeah, I. I'd give me a ball and, and let me run. I just I go behind the bench, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So predictions for this week for the under twenties. Then I, I didn't see the Scotland under twenties. I, I I thought our under twenties in attack were superb. Defence, different matter. But um, yeah, what, what do you make of the what we expected yeah, I... in the Scotland game? I'm not going to do a score prediction just because I didn't watch the Scotland in the 20s. But I, I, I'm expecting a win for our boys. Even though the scoreline was pretty bad in the end, they should be pretty buoyed by that performance. And, you know, all anyone wants is to go from one performance to another with some sort of progress. And yeah. if we show any sort of progress on that performance, we're winning that game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think... It's gonna. I think this Six Nations for under twenties and senior teams is gonna be so close. Um, I think at the end of the season, you know, all sides will be kind of there or thereabout. I don't think there's gonna be anybody way above and way below. I think that's the same twenties and seniors. So, yeah, looking forward to to this because it's Friday night again, isn't it? And yeah, it's so, normally Friday night. Yeah, that'll give us a good start to the weekend anyway. Right. So on that note, then, am I done, mate? 
I'll say yes, and then I'll, I'll let you talk a bit, and then I'll interrupt you. Uh, okay. On that note, then, Martin. Oh, wait, Andrews. you forgot. Ah, oh, shut up, you git. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, uh, I shall bid you farewell. Enjoy your rugby this weekend, my friend, and I shall catch up with you again next week. All the best. See you next week, mate. Have fun. Cheers, Martin. You have been listening to the Westera is Bestera podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westera is Bestera. Cheers.